0: Florida State had their second scrimmage of the preseason this past weekend, and we are fired up to tell you about the person that has, by all accounts, come alive and could be the answer to one of our biggest problems from last season.
1: locked on seminoles your daily podcast on the florida state seminoles part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: folks we have a wonderful show for you today myself drake dave here at locked on seminoles if you're not subscribed make sure you subscribe to the youtube follow us on the various social medias and uh you know, do the following and, and all that all that stuff for the podcast. Before we dive in today to talk about, uh, well, I think we're going to start with receivers, right? Last year, uh, David Hale, before the season, had a spring 14th in the ACC for receivers. Uh, we out saw that play out on the field. And we have now seen not just words typed on a screen, but video of Johnny Wilson possibly being that dude. We have gotten to see video footage of Deuce Span running. Uh, I spoke to a scout that was at Florida State before they went to Jacksonville. Um, I don't know why he wasted his time talking to me, but really nice dude. He said that uh, that's one of the fastest people he's seen. Pretty incredible stuff to for an NFL scout to say that. And yeah, it's just uh, it, it's it's coming along. But before we get into that, folks, big announcement today will be my last day with all of you here on this platform at Locked On Seminoles. Uh, i don't know guys and you know i've already told you guys everything and talked to y'all it's uh it's been a hell of a run i appreciate you alls support um the love and support from all of you is, is wonderful even the even the not so supportive support you know the comments the the back and forth some of the trolling some of the some of the stuff we get to respond to it's it's been great and i hope that us doing this program has brought y'all uh a little bit of joy throughout your day each and every day um yeah, I guess, guys, I don't know. I don't really have like a whole written out thing of closing thoughts. I guess all I would say is, you know, I got to spend uh, 16 months doing a daily podcast with two of my best friends. Um, you made me cry, dude. Please don't do and, right Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's pretty nuts. Like if, if it's your first time watching this, you're kind of a weird episode to, to come in for. But, you know, we, we've got two lawyers and a business consultant, you know, and I don't know how the hell we managed to publish these things every day. I know you guys are going to keep doing it, but, um, we always found time for it we we spent a lot of time together in the process some late nights some early mornings and uh if y'all ever have the chance you know they say don't go into business with your friends i i think that's stupid i've had more fun doing this than anything i've ever done so yeah guys i'm really grateful that when y'all were going to start Noles anonymous a couple of years ago you, you let me tag along um we've come a really really long way from xbox headsets at the kitchen table um you know, it's it's just been a wild ride. So everyone, I will still be around. Uh, I've got a new project in the works that uh, I won't plug here. It won't be anything like this. It's it's nothing. Um, it won't be daily. It won't be long form. Uh, how what would we even call this, guys? Analysis, commentary, whatever we do. Um, but I'll be around. I love Twitter. I love the spaces. I love getting to talk about Florida State football. So I won't completely go away, but Locked On Seminoles will now be in the very capable hands of Drake and Dave. And gentlemen, I couldn't be more excited. And I will be making Locked On my first listen every day.
1: Good bastard. bastard. You're going you, <sighs> to you're 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 make yes. me cry on YouTube. It's easy be, be, be on here, but uh, you're going to miss us, man. Noel's nom is still going to be another thing. It's still you know, going to be the, gonna be the we're brand. Still gonna be you know, we're still going to be growing it. And like like you said, like we have built something here that – I think all three of us are extremely proud of, it. and quite honestly, I could never ask for a better thing to do, actually, probably with three of my best friends, two of my best friends, and it's um, going to suck yeah. not to have you here, but uh, obviously you'll be a very recurring and very welcome guest, actually, on the show each and every single day.
0: And I have decided if I if I ever write a book, a memoir, if I ever do anything important enough to write a memoir, it will be titled It All Started With a Podcast, because, uh, yeah, again, we didn't know how to do that's any of this. a pretty good title, too, actually. I like that. Yeah, well, because it was like my first, you know, it was my first instance of like, just, you know, we just had to figure it all out. You know, I was starting, I was doing business school at the time. Sorry, my headphones are coming up. Blue. I had business school going on. I had work. And then I was running a startup on the side of that and like doing this. And we just were, you know, we were Googling, how does one publish a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we could figure that out. You know, we're learning how to, I'd done some editing in, in high school and TV production. We figured that out, you know, and.
1: First, uh, look up. So exactly. Look up.
0: I mean, like it's, mine's sitting right here. You know? uh, but anyway, so folks, if you ever have the chance or there's anything you want to do, just do it because you never know. I mean, we just stuck with this. We got through the Noles anonymous days, which were fun and, um, locked on approached us and we made the move. And I admittedly never thought I'd make any money doing this. Not that, not that we're rich, but the fact that someone pays us to do a hobby is uh, a we're lot more than like I could Max. say for my golf game. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been cool, but without further ado, I do want to talk about the team because that is why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Um, but uh, let's talk about Johnny Wilson. Let's talk about the receivers. Last year, here's the reality. You didn't have a room full of absolutely trash receivers. I'm not going to say that because I don't think it's true. But you didn't have anyone really step up. You had Malik McLean, who we saw flashes of, but we also saw you know him just not have the development that you'd like to see from a number one receiver. And being uh, a freshman. Yeah, he was a freshman. We saw Andrew Parksman come in. And um, it's got stuff kind of unplugged saw Andrew Parchment come in and, um, look, he just wasn't, he had moments.
2: He's probably
0: what we knew he was going to be if we were really honest with ourselves. But the thing with Parchment was we, he had potential. We'd seen it his freshman year when he had good, a good quarterback at Kansas. He didn't really ever live up to that. Um, you know, we got guys like Portier and those guys, but you just didn't have anyone where you're like this guy needs to be accounted for. Like I, what I mean, guys, is I imagine if if we were playing Florida State last year and we were the offensive staff um, for the other team, there was really no receiver that it was like, hey, number one corner, this is your guy. You know, when we get down, you know, when I give you, when we signal this play in, that means you're on him. I don't care what he does. That, that just there wasn't any of those. And now we might have two of them, and Johnny Wilson and Deuce Span for different reasons. One is maybe, really really tall. Maybe Everyone's three. Really fast. I think and, three would be awesome. We're not
2: even talking about Winston Wright, who once he gets back from Oh, I was going
0: to talk about Michael Pittman in slot.
2: So four, maybe four, and all four of them transfers. Um, And Max, like, like what you were saying, not only did opposing defenses not really have to worry about any receivers in particular, like no matter what our set was on the field, I feel like opposing teams were probably like, eh, it'll probably be fine. Like nothing really scares us out here, but even more frustrating than that, like as fans, did you trust that on third and anything, I, and obviously fourth and fourteen worked out, but aside from that, on third and anything, did you trust we had a guy that was going to be able to get that first down? Because I absolutely didn't, and I expected Jordan Travis to have to run
0: for it. Yeah, exactly. It was like, can no. The answer is no. In fact, fourth and fourteen. I remember being in the stadium, and it's fourth and fourteen. I'm like, who the hell is he going to throw to? You know, you're just kind of like, uh, I don't know who's the, You know, I was just at that play. I was expecting a drop or you know just off the hands, something for ridiculous. Him there, Right. And, you know, hey, now you got some guys that may be able to do things. I mean, look, you can't just go out there against this team now and say, hey, wherever the defense is lined up, just play your assignment. Now, if you see something where you see certain guys in certain places, the defense is going to have to move around to compensate for that because they'll have certain defenders assigned to certain receivers, which is not something they had to do last year. I mean, dude, most of our games any of their cornerbacks could cover any of our receivers. Yep. There really yep. wasn't like a, oh, well, since you know we have a taller cornerback and he's our best man guy, we need to put him on Johnny Wilson, which is going to happen this year, right? They're going to have to put their speed guy who has good hips on Deuce Spam because of his speed. They're going to have to have someone who's not a linebacker on Micah Pittman because he's going to be physical enough to deal with linebacker coverage and fast enough to get away from it. So Winston Wright, I... I've been delicate about this, but it's my last day, so screw it. Um, I think if we expect much from him this year, we're going to be disappointed. I think we have to realize him getting back on the field is going to be a really big deal in and of itself. But he's also going to have not played football for six months. So it's like, I just I just don't want our, us to set ourselves up for disappointment um, in yeah. the Winston Wright department. But that's not a knock on Winston Wright. That's like... A full leg break is a pretty bad injury and then you add literally what March to September of not playing football
1: and you got to knock the rust off and you don't want him having his first you know I guess experience back in the game you know early season so primarily I wouldn't expect Winston Wright to be back until maybe the end of October early November for those last maybe four to five games quite honestly even if at all
2: the way I'm looking at it though is yes Johnny Wilson has continued to kill it this last week that was a little unexpected I think we all thought that with his size, he was going to take time to develop into, you know, the route running and just making sure he has sure hands and it seems like everything's coming together. But even if Winston Wright does take some time, we brought in four guys, all of whom we've talked about in good ways and all of whom has showed have showed us something Winston Wright in his career thus far, but the rest of them in spring or fall practice and scrimmage. And the odds are one or more of them is going to pop. So if we have one guy from this new group that. Opposing defenses have to worry about. That's an infinity percent improvement from last year.
1: And not only that, you have the guys from last year that Max and I kind of said, like, you know, Keyshawn Helton is your perfect wide receiver three. Now we have four players coming in. All three, you know, Miles Winston Wright. Actually, you don't need Keyshawn Helton or an Ontario Wilson, who also has been tearing up fall camp, to be your number one option, which is a lot easier on them. And quite honestly, actually may may make them have their better seasons, their best
0: season since they've been here at FSU yeah let's not forget about malik McLean. i mean That's it's yeah. been uh he, he's been her like unsung hero of fall camp apparently he's having a really good camp yep but i think we're just nervous because we have to see it like we saw the spring game where johnny wilson just couldn't really catch the yep. ball and then we all saw that highlight that went around twitter if you haven't seen it check it out um of him making just an absolutely beautiful catch in the back of the end zone and good coverage too um, also in good mm. coverage but you see i mean dude there's a difference between six, one and 6'7. When he extends that arm, which, okay, I mean, you got to be a little careful how you do that. But he, it was good. It was good arm extension on the DB, and he brought the arm back as he was turning away. So it kind of, you know, you could slip one of those past the referee every now and then. But that's a lot of space that gets created when a guy that tall is able to extend his arm. So
2: Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin was super effective doing an awful lot of that. If we have another one of those, we're in good shape.
0: Ooh, yeah, great. not that he'll be Kelvin Benjamin this year, right. but— It was a lead life. It's a lead He is going to be KB one. Okay. We got got
1: Johnny Wilson 14, JD, JW 14. Now that's a hard one.
0: Anyway. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback situation from practice or the scrimmage. Uh, first I got to remind y'all about our title sponsor, the folks that make this all possible. LinkedIn, LinkedIn jobs is your number one source for job hunting for job placing and for recruiting in general. It's easier to navigate than any of those other job sites. You have your profile right there. When you look at job postings, you can see, hey, do you have mutual connections that work at this job? Because it's easier to get a job when you reach out to someone. You're like, hey, can I talk to you about the company? Is this, you know, what's this like? Is this something I want to do? Could you put in a good word for me? All that good stuff. So it's a wonderful interface. I love LinkedIn jobs. It's how I got my job. Uh, I know Drake and Dave have both used it, both as job seekers. And I know that Dave, you've used it as a... Uh, as a job poster. So again, LinkedIn jobs is your number one place to go if you need a job or if you need to hire someone. So check it out, LinkedIn, big believer. Y'all know what to do. All right, guys, I wanna talk quarterbacks because, I mean, it's Florida State University. What else do we like to talk about? Uh, Jordan Travis played one series in the scrimmage we're hearing. Um, what do y'all make of that, good, bad, indifferent? I don't care, I don't wanna hurt. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Completely point, <laughs> minimize the risk. We, I think we know what he can do. We've heard that he's improved from last year. Honestly, if he is the same as last year, I think we can reach a lot of the goals we've expected any improvement from that, I think is what we're going to need to get into that eight plus game or win territory. But the risk reward is just not there. Like I think we have a good idea, good enough idea of what he can do. We need him to have the rapport with the new receivers, but from all accounts that's been established. So, just putting him out there when we saw what happened to – Shelby uh, Purdy with the collarbone. right. Just no point.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't think there's really much point to him maybe playing one, maybe two. I mean, to me, this is a glorified preseason game, and we, we saw the Miami Dolphins didn't start, I think, a single one of their stars at their tight end. So, yep. And like Dave was just saying, he's got the chemistry with Johnny Wilson. And we have Micah Pittman comparing him to jo- uh, Justin Herbert the other day, which – that's a lofty lofty task but you know elite license season is a full effect but to me with jt having only one maybe two series i'm not reading anything into that also have him rest up and be ready for duquesne for maybe his first quarter and then actually be prepared for lsu the following week
2: well and to add to that we need to know what we have in these backups like if aj duffy is somehow ready for the big stage as a true freshman i need we need to know that um if roddemaker hasn't improved We need to know that because again, we've talked about this a million times. I hope, I hope Jordan Travis doesn't miss a snap this year, but the overwhelming odds are that he's going to miss a snap and probably a series and maybe a game because of the way he plays. You're going to see these backup quarterbacks in moments that probably matter. So we need to know what we have in them just as much, if not more than we need to know what we have in Jordan Travis, which is a pretty known quantity at this point.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I think for me, it, it, In a way, I do read a lot into it. And what I read into it, though, is that Mike Norvell finally seems to trust Jordan Travis because he's not making him sing for his supper every week. I think that Mike has done a lot of probably conscious and subconscious things where it's like he's kind of trying to make Jordan prove that he can be the quarterback this team needs. And to me, this says, like, well, maybe he's finally, you know, realized, no, no, this is my QB1. He doesn't need to be out there proving it to me all the time. And I'm hoping, maybe I'm overanalyzing. I'm hoping this means that he really has been developing as a passer the way that we've heard he's developing as a passer. Because Mike Norvell's like, hey, he doesn't need 40 reps of th- of live throws. He's he's doing just fine the way I've seen him in practice. Um, and that's really, really encouraging. I, I don't really, I don't really want to think about the possibility of like, what if he goes down? I mean, everyone, you know. If his helmet gets knocked off, I think we're probably okay with um, where we're at with Tate Rodemaker and, and AJ Duffy. But if he has to miss substantial time, I don't, I don't, I don't know how your team looks, but what I will say guys is you look at Jordan Travis's injuries may have said this before. I think I have, sorry, but um, they've frequently been injuries of attrition. Like he's not, I'm not besmirching one of the greats, but like, Dalvin always had very specific injuries, right, and like that was the concern going in the NFL. It's like, hey, it was a shoulder, then it hamstring. was was it a hamstring, yeah, yeah. But Jordan, it's more like, hey, he's just super banged up, and it's kind of his hand, and it's kind of his shoulder, and it's kind of his legs, you know, and that is not good. But if that's the type of injury history he has, well, that's not as bad when you look at how front loaded the schedule is. Like most likely scenarios, he starts missing games at like six, seven, eight, nine. And that's where you start to get to the games that are much more winnable without Jordan.
1: It's like yeah, seeing those uh, pitchers basically in the Major League Baseball where they have a very extremely hot and good start in the first half, and then when the second half comes around, the innings limit you know come, becomes an issue when they start, get, start getting tired because they're getting worn down being asked to do every single little thing. So. Yeah. I can agree with that with Jordan and then with it. What's up, up, Dave?
2: Luis Severino.
1: Yeah. Luis Severino being a prime example, Pablo Lopez with the Marlins too as well. But to me, I think one of the big things with the quarterback spot is uh, hearing that AJ Duffy has looked a lot more confident over the past week and a half. And that's something that we were fully expecting Tate Rodemagher to be QB2 heading into the season. I think that's something that we, he's been here for three years. I don't think you really do yourself any favors. If you're Mike Novell supplanting him with a true freshman, because that's sort of the message that, Hey, you're never going to play here, but with A.J. Duffy, it's a really good sign to see that basically he struggled the first few weeks of camp and in spring, which is normal because he hadn't played football since, what, November yep. because of a uh, finger injury. And then now you're hearing that he has sort of the uh, – he starts off slow in scrimmage, but then confidently throws a bomb in due span and also plays a lot with the ones and twos yesterday and actually does very well. So to me, I'm this I'm actually very excited to see what, we'll have, what we have with A.J. Duffy heading into 2023, but also just in case Doran maybe does have to miss a series or Tate Rodemaker – does showcase basically his how uh, he has not actually been improved since last year.
2: Yeah, and, and I think the last thing I can say on this is, Max, you mentioned the schedule is front-loaded. Um, that's really important because can you imagine a scenario where Jordan Travis played meaningful snaps against Duquesne like into the third quarter and then ended up getting injured and had to miss the LSU game? In a game, by the way, that with Jane Daniels likely starting, I think is eminently winnable. Um, that could derail the season before it starts. And then after that, you're talking Louisville. Like, if, if Jordan Travis is missing those two games, those are probably two losses. And suddenly you're starting the season one and two. And we know how that story goes. So, keeping him healthy to be able to be available to play in those games is just as important as him practicing in a meaningless scrimmage.
1: You got no faith in Jan Dales, doing you? No. <laughs> none. Giving the man no respect. None.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh, that's why. Okay. Sorry. I was getting a really weird number. I was, I was trying to figure out what your chance at like I was trying to calculate how front load the schedule is. Um, and I was getting a super strange number that was showing it being actually backloaded, but I realized mm-hmm. what the problem is folks. If you do power rankings or anything, you have to adjust for teams like Louisiana Lafayette that if you haven't looked at them yet and major adjustments on them have like a great initial power ranking. And then you factor in the fact they lost their coach and all their good players from last yep. year. Uh, point is we have on my numbers, like, a 1.6% chance of going undefeated for our first six games and a 2.7% chance of going undefeated in the last two About the last likely. six i'm sorry not the last two the last six so it's about half as difficult by the way i've got the numbers laid out yeah um yeah i i agree with all of that especially the political element folks like it or not we're in the air of a transfer portal and i don't think you gain a single ounce of benefit by naming AJ Duffy as your second string quarterback, I think if Jordan is out and we know he's out all week, you probably start prepping AJ. Yeah. But I think that if, uh, or I'm sorry, you probably roll with Tate because he knows more of the playbook, he knows the system. But I'm not so sure that if Jordan goes down during a game, it's gonna be Tate that rolls out there. If that if that makes sense, um, because then you can be like, hey, we're gonna limit it to a few play calls, whatever. Tate or you know AJ, get out there and make something happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you all. It's kind of all I have in the quarterback situation. I will say, uh, one, one last thing about the Duquesne thing that you mentioned, Dave, I don't, yeah, I have no desire to see him take meaningful snaps in this. And here's why this is week zero. It's game zero. LSU is game one. Like in a normal season, he wouldn't get any snaps before LSU anyway. So the way I look at it is, Every snap against Duquesne is just gravy. So, yeah, give him a series or two, but I, we don't – it's also Duquesne. Is he really gaining much more from playing them than playing our first-string defense all the time? I don't really think so. So keep stuff off tape. Don't make him risk injury. Get him out. I mean, if, if we learned anything from the end of the Jimbo era, it's that you don't play your freaking starters in the second half against Charleston Southern and let them tear their meniscus and miss the game the next week against the Heisman Trophy winner and get absolutely blown out. Yep. And I don't really give a crap about his weird defensive. Well, if you look at the snap counts, it's like, no, the snap counts are irrelevant. It was Charleston Southern. Derwin shouldn't have been in the game. But, I missed Derwin. Uh, rant over. Uh, folks, if you want to have a good rant like that, though, you're going to need some energy. And there's no better way to get energy than through Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is delicious. It's nutritious. And it is all the fuel you need to make your rants long, illustrious illustrious probably isn't the right word, but make them long, make them energetic and all that good stuff. So built bars for exercise, built bars for ranting and built bars when you just need a tasty snack because you know if you don't get something sweet inside your body, you're going to order ice cream off GoPuff and let's be honest, Ben and Jerry's pints are a single serving if you believe in yourself. It's so true. (laughs) So get built bars. 15 grams of protein, four grams of net carbs. They're your friend. That full pint of ice cream is not, not, not so much. Don't regret it. Go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 built.com promo code. L O C K E D 15. five. Look at the junk for the win. Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about today, guys, is the special teams. So you're so special to us, Max. I know. Oh, I appreciate that. You're special to me too. Um, you know, it was interesting. Last week I was, I was doing some stuff and I ran a, a bunch of regressions looking at like, can I figure out was the most st- statistically significant statistic on a team's point differential? And what I came up with was starting field position, something Florida State was nearly dead last in the country in last year. So how do we stop having bad starting field position? Well, it starts in the kicking and the punt return game. So we've heard that Trey Benson, Deuce Span, and uh, who's our other one? Sam Christian, McCall. We say Sam McCall. Sam McCall are, have been at kick return, have been at punt return. One thing I don't love, by the way, is that when we practice in the IPF, we really can't practice catching punts because a lot of times they hit the ceiling. Yep. So I don't know why they don't go outside every day and do a session on that because I'm sorry, it can't be that hard. I know former players, well, this is happening, this is going. No, it's catching a punt. It's a free throw. Just get under it. It's not like the old days where once you kind of established yourself, they had to give you that halo, and then if you tried to go past them, they could just kind of, no, they they have to not touch you. I mean, how I don't can you know. not catch the I damn mean, punt? I mean, like
1: you still kind of like have to like be like you kind of want to sometimes actually take the punt down, right? And you have someone, you have like several people coming towards you, to basically just
0: basically maul you. That's somewhat scary. Oh, Drake, right?
2: Drake, to max- but but
0: call a fair catch every time right. and catch it every time is okay. better than letting it hit the ground. The ball should never touch the ground. There's well, no excuse.
2: Let me ask you both a question. Right off the top of your head, name me the last per- let me the last Florida State player you were positive was going to catch that punt.
0: I used to not even know who it was because it was I'd, go, Reed. I'd go get another was like beer Greg or something when they were punting. Green. Dude, it was Greg Reed. I was positive. I used to, yeah, well, no, no. It wasn't Greg Reed. I was confident until like 2016 we would confident, at least catch the ball. No, was I, was was I was positive. Cool. I was positive. It wasn't until was about two Green? years ago. Yeah, Dude, this, this non-punt catching phenomenon is like a very, very recent thing. I mean, yeah. I'm not even really blaming Norvell, I guess. I mean, it's just like, I don't I don't know when it started it started like two years ago all of a sudden we just everything started going over our heads and we started giving up field position it was like they got okay with not catching the punt and like I, sometimes I wonder if if it's just if, if kind of what you're saying they're trying to do too much and they're getting so locked in on okay I want to return this one and then the minute they can't they're like oh wait there's too many guys coming they kind of forget that the second option is a fair catch and they forget where they are, so sometimes
1: it sounds like you do a fair catch like in the bad spot, or you be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to let bounce, and it bounces all the way down from the yeah. one when you're already at the 25. So it's like it's, it's a lot more to it, but then also it's like like you're saying, sometimes like, hey, just get under it, know where you are, know where you're surrounded, and if you think you can take it, just catch it and take it. it. But it, if it, you it, don't, it isn't even the slightest thing about just fair catch that
2: thing. It makes me wonder, like, is it is it the coaching staff feeling like I, we just don't have anybody we can trust? Is it the coaching staff i don't know just consistently making the don't catch it call or is it the players consistently just saying screw it i'm not going to catch it because any of those is a problem it was
0: lining up a lot last year if you look a lot of guys were running backwards because which to me i don't understand i look at the freaking espn stat sheet it's not hard how far does that punter punt it what's their average what's the longest they've ever punted it whatever that second number is Stand that many of the little white tick marks away from the line of scrimmage. And if the ball doesn't quite go the longest he's ever punted it, run forward. But how the does a punt go over your head? Are you stupid or are you deaf? Like, just catch the freaking ball it's not hard so that part i think was a lot on the coaching staff though because they, they i mean i can't tell you how many times wilson's going oh oh, oh oh, oh, and then he's trying to get back in front of it and then oh okay maybe that's bobbles coaching. it
1: i was like yeah. dave you ever played outfield or anything like it's like yeah. it's a lot easier to run in to catch the ball than it to is. run backwards and backpedaling and everything you like the position 100%. of the
2: ball in the air mm-hmm. like they're being told to do this that's obvious and Again, that could be because the coaching staff doesn't trust the personnel, but I refuse to believe that even last year or any year before that, we didn't have one out of those 85 guys that we could be sure would catch up on. No, we that, did. I we
1: just... had DJ Matthews. DJ Matthews actually was a good, a decent, solid pun and kick returner. That's and, right, I
0: forgot about him. And
1: yeah, then yeah. actually when he left, that's kind of was the issue. where it's like, oh, we kind of basically are trying to new people out. That's why Micah Pittman, if you watch, he's doing punt return duties. That's yeah. going to be a huge, huge, you know, difference maker. Yeah. Winston right before the injury was going to be a primary kick returner. But that's why now I see... At Trey Benson, you're starting running back, which I'm not a huge fan of, but you know, if he can do it, he can do it. You got Sam McCall as well out there. Like, I'm fine with this, so long as I stay healthy, but as long as he's able to catch the ball and not right, do the backpedaling that Max is saying, yep. I'm well, fine with whoever straight just, just,
0: just line up clarify, in the right spot. Just
1: to idea.
2: clarify what you were saying, you said not a big fan. You meant not a big fan of having him on kick returns, right? Because and Max, we were talking about this off here before the show, but I worry about putting a guy like Trey Benson out there on kick return. Like, obviously it's super important that we improve our field position, but I don't know what the risk reward is of that because if he goes down, I don't know that the running back room is going to be nearly as competent. It probably won't be based on everything we've heard about. And Benson. then
1: with that, and the main reason why is like, I don't know how much I guess of a improvement you get from having Trey Benson returning kicks as to opposed to the second option. And Sam I don't McCall. know Sam McCall. So i don't know how big of actually you know, how much better he's at doing it and if it's even worth the risk of him getting injured i've seen a lot more injuries on special teams honestly than anything else yeah and ki-
0: so so i will say kicks i have less of a strong opinion because i yeah i don't kick return a lot of times you're better off just taking the fair catch or downing yep. it in the end Quite zone. Honestly, now that yeah. they have the new That's rule fair. go to the 20 25 um punts whoever is the most likely to catch that punt needs to be back there i don't i don't yep. care about the injury risk and here's why that to me is far more significant to our performance in the long run than Trey Benson playing running back because we have Trayshawn Ward back there. Like you look at how many times I mean you can lose one score games very easily by having your field position on one drive be at the two because you let it roll back there instead of at the seventeen, right? Like especially when you look at a lot of a lot of close games, it's that field flipping chess match. It's just yeah. you know you're really not always trying to you know. You know, you're not going to score against this team every time. So, really, all you're trying to do is hey, they've got the ball in their own 40. Can we make it so they're going to get it to us? And next time we give it to them, they're back on their own 20? You know, can we start to inch our way towards their end zone and set ourselves up? Um, that's an extremely important part of the game. And I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some data on this, but I don't think a punt return is any more dangerous. Kick return, I agree with you, but I don't think a punt return is much more dangerous than another run. And, you know, that's almost like saying, should, would you advocate for handing him the ball four less times randomly throughout the game just so he didn't get hurt as much? No. We need our workhorses to work for us, and injuries are part of the game. We just kind of have to accept that. If he's out there playing gunner and tackling people, fully agree, like, that would be a, that'd be like, okay, dude, save your, save your starters. But we need the best punt catcher and ideally returner out there doing that this year.
2: Let me ask you both this. Would you rather have a punt returner that you know would drop one punt a game but would no. return one to the house every other game or a guy that will never return a single punt but will catch every single one?
0: Second one. Second one well, primarily. I, we, every other game. You're talking six touchdowns on the year. Yeah. How bad are the ones he drops?
2: In critical times. Are they Florida
0: Ontario games. Wilson drops against Florida bad?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: no. It,
1: one of those isn't worth the six touchdowns. Dad well, by the yep. sick is like, when you see a drop punt when it, it kills your momentum. It kills everything basically for that game. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. That's just losing points off the board and give them another chance. I'm not going to run the risk with that. All well, and you
2: just proved a point by your answers. We're not asking for a lot. Just catch a football, which is something you're taught in Wee.
0: So what's the average punt, probably 40 ish yards. Right. So mm-hmm. even if you're punting from your 20, put, so most punt catches are going to happen probably between the 20 and the 40, which you factor in how easy it is to score from there. Like, if they're dropping 12 punts, they're probably going to result in nine or 10 scores. And if they bring one to the house, that's only six scores. So, um, yeah, you're losing. I mean, the math is losing there. But uh, the point is we need, to, we need to catch the end ball on punts. I don't really care how it happens. That, to me, is one of those things, especially if it's coaching and guys are running backwards. Like, it's just not that challenging. Just use a calculator. Do this, the math and tell him which yard line to put his heels on. Like I, I know I'm, I sound like a broken record right now, but um, you know you don't need the, the 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 hangover scene where like Zach Galifianakis has all these equations in front
1: of him. It's like, no, right. just stand at yeah, this it's, spot it's, when he's
0: here and this spot when he's here. That's it. it it's not challenging. So um, hopefully we we do see more of that this year. The only the only thing is, and this is kind of going to be our last thing, but um, I, I do wonder if Norvell how do I put this, doesn't kind of overcomplicate practice because, uh, you know, I watch, obviously, all his interviews. I talk to people, some that are there. I talk to other coaches that I trust, mostly at the high school level, so it's a little different. I talk to former players that I know really well uh, from various schools, and when I ask them this question, they all have very similar feedback. Mike Norvell is always talking about situations. Oh, we did this situation. We did this situation. I wonder if he's not just making it too segmented and kids are losing the force to the trees. Like if you're always practicing third downs, that's not the same as doing a third down after a second down after a first down. It's the same as going to the range and always hitting your seven iron 10 times in a row. Yeah. You might have better ones than if you make yourself, which if you like to golf, you should do this in your practice play holes in your mind. you would be like, no, no, I'm going to hit a driver. I'm immediately going to switch to a wedge. And then I'm going to pretend, Oh, par three, Let me hit a seven iron. Now I'm back to the driver. That is much more difficult than just saying, oh, no, I'm going to work on my hundred yard chips because in a real golf game, if you hit a bad one, you don't just get to redo it. Right. So I, I, I wonder if that is kind of a flaw in the Norvell attention to detail philosophy, the more I kind of hear him talk about situations and how much situational football they do.
2: Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. And I'd just like to point out the irony of something you said before that. You said just catch the damn ball. Well, it's funny because we started today's show talking about receivers and guys that maybe can catch the damn ball. We ended with special teams, and the biggest problem with them being that we can't catch the damn ball. Seems like there's one glaring problem that if we fix that, a lot of things are going to go right.
0: Let's get some stick and catch the damn ball then. Yeah, let's get some stick Put it on their hands, little giant style. You know that way they're – Walking around, with their hands stuck to their numbers. I don't care. Or replacements, Let's... just leers like that,
2: just stuck on your chest. <laughs>
0: right. Or that. Hey, guys, it's been a, uh, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Uh, Locked on Seminoles has been my home away from home, folks. It has been nothing short of amazing to get to yell at you or the air while you're listening from my office here, my office in Tampa, uh, and before that, my my desk in the corner of my tiny living room in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, This, this podcast has seen me through a lot. It's, it's seen me just become almost an entirely different person, not because of the pod, but outside of the pod. And this has sort of been the, the one source of consistency in that. So, uh, from a random guy that you've probably never actually met, but for whatever reason you listen to on podcasts or on YouTube, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, make sure you follow on the podcast because the content is not going to take any kind of drop off and I'll still be listening every day. So you should too, but Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me talk about the thing I am most passionate about on days where I probably held it together way better on camera than I was holding it together off camera. This was the, the source of joy and, and the one thing that kept me grounded and kept me going it was getting to hop on with my best friends and talk to strangers about the team I love and, and the sport I care about. So with that, I'm Max. That was Dave. That was Drake. And this is Locked On Seminoles. Take care, Max. We love you. Love you, brother. It's Turbo Time.
1: You finally have a damn sound. Fuck